Welcome in to the greatest podcast you're ever going to listen to on Thursday, March the 29th, between the hours of noon and 1 central, roughly. This is your favorite CHGO Bears podcast, proudly presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app, use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. Good afternoon, Bears fans. Joined by the exquisitely not following directions, Nicholas Moriano, who was in <laughs> studio when we were told by upper management to not be in studio, and the always dynamic, smiling, creating new nicknames for me that perhaps <laughs> will stick, wearing his Bears long sleeve t-shirt today, Gregory Allen Braggs Jr. Welcome. Welcome. Yeah, you have a, a an official burner account. In honor of Cram. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen this yet, Nick, but we have a burner account that has now come into existence called CHGO Cram. And I, I, I couldn't be that. more proud. This is as proud a moment as, that I've had in my life since when my daughter was born. Wow. See, <laughs> uh, don't you think it's interesting, by the way, and, and he does deserve all this, but that, you know, it's 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 just right to right to Braggs, right to his own credit. Uh, <laughs> Proudest moment that I've ever had, you know, uh, I mean, it has nothing to do with just people wanting to connect with good old cram over here, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's Braggs' creation, uh, which is a beautiful thing. Uh, what's up, Crystal? Good to see you. I, I've, I've missed saying hello to I you a couple I did not of- create the cram. The chat, our, our loyal chat did. I just sprinkled some gasoline on it and then lit the match. Well, see, now, this is the second time today. You alerted me to the cram, and then you told me. Then you told me that you didn't create the cram. I and did not. I will not, not take credit for something I didn't create. I just helped pour some gasoline on it. That's all. An right, innocent gas fire. Nick, did I hear you accuse Greg of creating the cram in the last ninety seconds? <laughs> I think the cram. Okay, so the cram originated in the chat, but I think what Greg has been doing just pouring gasoline yes. on the fire. But, but yeah, but this I'm asking. That's but but like but Nick Nick did I did I did you accuse Braggs of, of creating the cram in the last now two minutes? You I, you I, just I, said I I'm not going to make it about me. I'm just no, no, I'm no no I'm, I'm, I'm talking to, I'm talking to Nick right now. Okay, I'm sorry. I'll mute my mic. Nick Nick did I accu- did you accuse Braggs of creating cram? Honestly, Mark, I have no idea. I'm in studio today. Obviously, I don't listen or do what, you know, do what I'm supposed to be doing. So I have no idea if I just said that in the last two minutes or you, not. You, okay, you, you you did. You you absolutely <laughs> did I'm not. I'm zoned out. You know, you're you're in. You're you're absolutely <laughs> here. You, you're following along perfectly. Neither did I. And yet, the non-cram creator has now told told on himself or let us know that he didn't create it multiple times. Which I think, if we're being honest, you know, and, and, and thinking logically, that that seems incriminating to me. That you no, uh, want everybody not. to know. It's I not. didn't rob the bank. No, I didn't do it. <laughs> I, I just, you know, I just want to give credit where credit is due. You know, okay. obviously, we, I got the brick by brick down. Do you, I need to take credit you, for everything. I want to give credit to our loyal chat. They're you, so great. They came up with this, and I love them for that. Somebody said it first. I don't know who that is, and I feel bad for that because I want to give them a huge shout out because it is now taking on a life of its own. You don't know who created it. I saw someone in the chat say it one day, and it made me laugh. I said it on the show. No, 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 no. Who created it? We don't know yet. Someone is going to reveal themselves as the originator of this, but we'll see if you know how that goes 
I'm not sure if I believe that you don't know who's doing it, but I'll, I don't. I'll... I truly don't. It was someone okay. in our chat. I feel bad that I can't specifically give them a shout out because it is such a beautiful thing now. Okay. I okay. want to give them that shout out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. If you're yes. watching, if you're just listening to this, there is now a graphic cram 24. You have to, you have to go watch YouTube for this one. Yeah, well, yeah, no, Joey just put up the graphic. Um, and uh, all right, we can move along. Adam Rank's joining the show. Adam, of course, everybody knows Adam Rank, he, the straight dominator. The uh, No one loves the Bears as much as Adam Rank, perhaps, you know, Greg Braggs does, and and Nicholas does, and I do, and 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 Hogue does. But I think we'll give since he's coming on our podcast, they will give rank top rating, uh, and he's he's certainly right there, and uh, he's also incredibly informed, working for the NFL Network, and he does stand up comedy, and um, we just appreciate him joining us in a couple of minutes here. Also, Pearl Gonzalez, who is an MMA fighter, uh, she's fighting on Saturday. She's a huge Bears fan. She's going to be on after. Adam around 12:45 so big guest day here and I'm seeing some super chats rolling in here Isaac Siegel I think it's from cramming all your insightful tennis knowledge on this Bears <laughs> podcast uh, it. <laughs> it, it, it is 19 years ago today, the first time that Rafael Nadal and Roger Federer ever matched up. Nadal beat him in Miami, 6-3, 6-3. There's a cramming of tennis. In, so just to take the lead on that. All right, I actually have beef um, that I want to start the show with. Uh, his, uh, listen, I, I like George McCaskey, okay? I, I, I like him a lot. I think George, well, I, I know that you're not a huge fan, Braggs, but, but George... George drives a Honda Accord. He parks in the media lot with the, with the rest of me and Nick and the people that go out to Hallis Hall. Uh, he doesn't need to do that. He's a, he's a pretty much a regular guy. He walks around Soldier Field. He talks to the fans. We Nick and I accosted him last year at a game. Like George has a very regularness to him for somebody who's got uh, you know millions of dollars in his bank account and mm-hmm. and can, could, could could definitely distance himself. I, I appreciate all that about George, but then George was asked. Uh, you know, the Bears haven't been on hard knocks, and Braggs, uh, you can take it from here, but look, he, George is fighting back on the Bears being selected to be on hard knocks, saying there's 31 other teams that are a better candidate than the Bears. George, let's move forward, man. Let's get into, let's get into 2023. Right. Let's get, you don't have anything to hide we're not there's, there's no there's no secret information that's going to be revealed and and, it, and and if there is something that you don't want out there you will handle it it's very good promotion for your franchise your fans will love it they'd love to see behind the scenes stuff and for the bears to actively be trying to not be on HBO's hard knocks it it's just it's just out of touch man it, and it's and it's and it's you're 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 depriving your fan base of something they would really like, so I I, I just don't like it at all. Yeah, I mean the quote was that you know he he feels that there's plenty of teams that have a great story to tell, and then when he asked about his team, he said 31 other teams, and you know the Bears are one of four teams that fit the criteria. There's three criteria you have to meet where you can be forced to be on. Hard knocks, which is you can't have made the playoffs in the last two years. Your head coach has to be in at least his second season as head coach. 
And then the third one is I was just looking it up earlier. I'd never been on hard knocks before. And so they fit that. They're one of four teams. The Saints, who I don't think have much appeal this year. The Commanders, who I think are certainly interesting, especially if Magic Johnson buys the Washington Commanders. Um, And then the New York Jets are the other team besides Mm -hmm. the Bears. And obviously with Aaron Rodgers, that would have a lot of appeal. But uh, the New York Jets have been on hard knocks twice already, where the Bears have never been on it. And, you know, the, the NFL could come down and say, we're going to make you. Now, I don't know. Does George have enough pull as a charter or, you know, you know, franchise of the NFL? The Bears have done so much for this league. Does he have enough pull to veto it, even though he they're one of the teams that could be forced to do it? They might. And that's frustrating to me because they just upgraded the facilities at House Hall. The House Hall campus is awesome. Like, I miss Bourbonnais. But I'd be lying if I said the first time I walked onto Hallis Hall's campus, I wasn't like, wow, this is awesome. And it was a cool experience for me as a Bears fan to be there closer to where the Bears, you know, do their work. And that, then you talk about the upgrades inside the building. Hogue has talked about the tech technology advancements that they've done in there. You could show all that off to the world, to the players around the league that are watching this show, just like we are. The other aspect of it, too, that I think, George is maybe losing sight of when he answers this is tell the story of Virginia McCaskey. You know, she's, she's not long for this world anymore and she deserves to have her story told again. There's plenty of fans and younger people out there that have no idea what Virginia McCaskey means to the NFL and what her dad means to the NFL and tell that story. That could be a part of a hard knocks episode segment, you know, like, to me, there's so many advantages, obviously, with the team and Justin Fields and a new president and an upcoming new stadium. There's so many avenues you could go with this when, when Hard Knocks puts the production together. And it's disappointing to hear our owner not want to get involved in it because I know every Bears fan, the majority of Bears fans would love to see it. I know some are on his side that it's too much of a distraction. I just don't see it that way. The Lions were in it. Last year, they had a very solid season. Be better, at, be, a, be better, uh, George. Yeah, be better. No, I just, I just want to. I'm cutting you off because uh, we got our special guest here. Adam Rank is yep. ready to join us. Uh, of course, the Sick Podcast with our friend Carmi V, uh, fantasy football expert for the NFL Network and everything else over there. Stand up, come yeah, 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 and always, okay. always look. Adam, thank you so much for joining CHGO Bears. Great to see you, my friend. No, thanks for having me on. Appreciate being here, and I love coming in, listening to Braggs. Talking about this hard knock situation because it is disappointing. Like, I love the McCaskey family, and I get it because, like, if you think about George Hallis, like, would he have wanted to be on hard knocks? Is this something that he would have wanted to do? Is this something that the family would have wanted to do? I really do. Uh, I, I feel like the family would say no, but unfortunately, you're going to get railroaded into this thing unless Rodgers gets traded in the next couple of weeks and they, you know, set that aside. That's the only way. But that that keeps the Bears off hard knocks because these other owners will just be like, tough luck, like you're doing it. And it will be the best possible situation. Trust me, George, you're going to love it. 
I mean, right, Adam, go give me an idea of what exactly George McCaskey, if you can somehow move into the McCaskey head, is afraid of other than ghosts. You have you have Matt Eberflus, the dude drinks whole milk and goes to bed at 9 o'clock after he's done studying tape. Justin Fields is the most perfect guy going. Everybody, who are you? You're not going to be drafting Jalen Carter. We can have that conversation coming up. Like, you, you have... You, you are uh, grilled cheese, Cheerios, tomato soup football team right now who hopefully will win a bunch of games this year. Yeah, we, we, always, we all have a relative who, who you love, who you just think is the best, and you're like, okay, we're all going to Olive Garden. And they're like, nah, I can't do it. Like, why not? Like, what's, what's the downside of unlimited breadsticks? What are you doing? And they're like, nah, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to drink my old style and I just don't want to deal with it. And I get, like, when you have football people who've been doing this for generations, they hate anything new. It's like mm-hmm. trying to get, like, one of your older relatives, like, let me show you TikTok. Like, get out of here. I'm never – they finally – they finally still have a VCR. Like, stuff like that. Where you're just like, I understand where, what you're – like, not everything new is something for you to be afraid of. And I feel like from a old-school football traditionalist family, which the Bears certainly are – they're they're not up for this, and I this doesn't surprise me in the least. And I think that over the last five years, ever since Ryan Pace was hired, you know, there's been a slow evolution of the Chicago Bears of joining the rest of the league in modern football. I mean, now we have an assistant GM. Now we're looking to build our own stadium. Things that other teams have been doing for years, we're now starting to do just right now. And so for us to be behind, like the Ford family, the Ford family's in the same boat. Like, do you think that the Ford family wanted to be on Hard Knocks? Probably not. But somebody convinced them that this was a good idea. Where are the grandkids? Where are the great grandkids? (laughs) Have them explain it to you. Like once McCaskey's like, all you got to do is get McCaskey's grandkids into the mix. They'll convince him. Be like, okay, it's a good idea. Like George is a fun guy. Like he actually is a fun guy Mm -hmm. too. Like you would love this. So we what we we need to change the approach. Get the grandkids. Well, I know that they play high school football somewhere in the area. Yeah. Get out there and be like, you guys gotta be on hard knocks. <laughs> they probably they're probably dying to do it. And it's like you just gotta get your grandfather to and your great grandmother to get on board. Well, you talk about the evolution of this franchise here in recent years, and it certainly feels that way. And I think one of the biggest you know, shoes to drop was a new president to this team and not only a new president, but someone that isn't an in-house guy. They brought somebody Mm -hmm. outside the organization, which isn't like McCaskey to do in a lot of ways. In my opinion, he comes in April 17th, officially leaving the big 10. He's had such an impact in just the short amount of years. He's with the big 10. He's bringing, he got UCLA and USC to come over. Uh, Hey, wait, hold on, hold on. He got USC. Don't don't throw UCLA into that. Don't act like you like USC was like uh, Fox did. Fox didn't want to leave the 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 LA media market open. I'm sorry, I live in no, Southern California. No, sorry, yeah, and, and it'll be really interesting to see them integrate to the Big Ten. Maybe they can get Big Ten basketball back on track. We'll see. But uh, you know when it comes and, and the new TV deal. So he's obviously very centered on understanding about you know the appeal to the media, social media, TV, and otherwise. Do you think Kevin Warren, the new president, will have an impact on swaying his perspective on this? Because that's my hope. 100%. Yeah. Like, it's funny. Like, I I watched that same clip with McCaskey, and I just took it as like, okay. Like, okay. Like, of course you're going to feel that way. 
But all these guys are so forward thinking and they understand the business of the NFL. And again, I will point uh, one of the reasons why Kevin Warren is going to be here is to help usher us into Arlington Heights. And he was a big proponent or a big uh, impetus of how Minnesota got their stadium deal done in downtown Minneapolis. He is going to be doing the same type of thing. This is going to be a very hip, modern franchise. like, And it's in Chicago, which is one of the best cities in the world. Like, it's one thing to be able to make Minnesota uh, – uh, Minneapolis is actually pretty cool. But you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. this is going to be, I think, over the next couple of decades, is going to end up being, like, the focal point of the NFL. Like, Chicago is going to know – and there will be years where we may be down or whatever, but, like, Chicago – is going to be this well-run machine, having a new stadium, having a state-of-the-art you know, facilities, having a state-of-the-art destination of where people are going to come and hang out in Arlington Heights, and it's going to be cool. And for everybody, and let me tell you something right now. I live, again, I live in Southern California. Understand, SoFi Stadium is not in Los Angeles. It's in the suburbs. It still works. It's still really cool, and that's exactly what we're going to have. So I think that all this stuff lends into it. The stadium, hard knocks, uh, being relevant uh, beyond the NFL. Like all this stuff is going to be happening with the Chicago Bears. Adam, what will help the Bears be relevant is getting some of these draft picks right. And let's say the Bears stay at number nine here. There's no trade down scenario. We can't, polls can't find anybody to trade down. Are you, do you have a preference of whether the Bears go offense or defense with that ninth overall pick? You, all the guys that you, you have on your draft board there, Adam, are on, are on there available at nine. Do you have a preference? You know, none of this matters what I think. I think, you know, it's going to come down to Ryan Poles, and I kind of trust. I know you were, you mentioned Jalen Carter. Again, if the Bears drafted him, and I'm not saying that they are, but I will. I trust Ryan Poles to do his due diligence, and if, like, he's making I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll go along with it. Everything being said with the offensive, all the deficiencies on the offensive line and the defensive line, I personally would go with Jackson Smith and Jigba because I really do believe that we need to double down at the wide receiver position. I know that it looks great that we've got Mooney, Claypool, and DJ Moore, but you need that fourth guy. And if anything happens, if Claypool doesn't develop, if Mooney doesn't develop and you need to move on, not only do you need a solid number two with DJ Moore, we're going to need a wide receiver who's on a rookie deal so that when we extend guys like Justin Fields, we have that option. Right. I'm I'm not against it because we talked about it the other night on our After Dark show. The Bears have two first round picks next year. Yeah. So, but this is your one chance to take a position group where it's first off the board, first wide receiver off the board. Those two picks next year may not be an opportunity to take a first offensive lineman or a first wide receiver off the board. So if they may I'm with you. I'm I'm all in on Ryan Poles. I I, I think yeah. he's he's kind of got this mob boss mentality, like swagger to him. And he's made so many right moves. He's put us in this position where the Bears are now picking first. I, I don't think any of us thought that that was possible, and now here we are. They trade that to get DJ Moore. I couldn't be more all in on – it was easy last year to hedge and say, ah, I'm not worried about the win-loss. I'm just worried about development. This year, now I'm starting to veer back towards my 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 meatball mode, and, and I'm going to be hard-pressed to not be overexcited about my expectations on the win-loss perspective this year. Bro Delicious with the super chat. Hell, 999. Thank you, Bro Delicious. Hellas was a great salesman when the NFL started and was always coming up with some scheme to promote the league and the Bears for his grandson to turn down hard knocks is against Papa Ooh. Bear's legacy. That's a that's a good spin right there, Bro Delicious. Yeah. 
I like Great. that. He kept the Green Bay Packers organization running. He gave, yeah. sent them a check to keep them in business. He, we've done the Bears have done so much. The McCaskies have done so much to keep yeah. this league what it is today. They should tell that story on Hard Knocks. Yeah, that's true. You know what? I, I forgot. I'm I'm still thinking of like McCaskey is like this Navy man who would be like ah, like he doesn't want to do. But you're absolutely right, Brutalicious. Mm-hmm. The whole notion of like he did everything to promote the NFL. Uh, that's that's another thing too is that because because the Packers have won Super Bowls and the Lombardi Trophy and all that stuff. I really wish that the Bears' history was a little bit more well known of what they've done to help get the NFL to this point. You know, baseball does a great job. Like everybody knows who Babe Ruth is and all these great Yankees of lore and all these old timey baseball players. And yet if I sit here and tell somebody about, I mean, it's almost to the point where kids don't remember Jay Cutler, like, ah, whatever. But like, I wish we could talk about it. Cause like I made the joke about uh, when we were looking for another wide receiver before we got DJ Moore is like, we got to talk to the McAfee family to get their number five down so we can give it to T Higgins. And somebody's like, Pat Mac? I'm like, I, I'm not having this conversation anymore. But nobody knows. <laughs> it's it's true. Uh, I, I got to follow up on that. But let me just tell you quickly, team, about DraftKings, our fine sponsor. Uh, I got a ton of plays tonight, by the way, on the Bulls and the Lakers. Pat Bev, you are going to double down on your LeBron is too little situation. You are, you're getting over four and a half rebounds tonight, Pat Bev. I've got you, Pat Bev. You are going to hold, you and the Bulls are going to hold LeBron over the, tw- uh, under the 24 and a half. I'm very fired up for Bulls and Lakers tonight, even though Rank is shaking his head and sitting out there in LA and might be even a Lakers fan, which would make me nauseous. Uh, DraftKings, though. Is 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 where you gotta go to get it. Get her done. Make yourself some money. Have some fun. Make the game more fun. Download the app now. Sign up with the code CHGO. New customers can bet five dollars, get two hundred dollars in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, with the code CHGO. Minimum age and restrictions apply. See show notes for details. No, Adam's getting Angels tickets. He's a, he he's a huge Angels fan. And yeah. he needs to get out there and see Otani a few more times before we bring him to Chicago to play for the Cubs next year. Oh, I've got some bad news for you. <laughs> He's not going to Chicago. If he does leave, and I don't think I honestly don't think he will, especially if the team wins this year. If he does leave, it's either going to be San Diego or Seattle. He doesn't want to play in the huge markets. It was the it was one of the reasons why he signed with the Angels in the first place. It's funny, like if you listen to New York sports talk. They're for the last week in New York City. All the like the 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 Mets made a lot of moves in the offseason, the Yankees or whatever. They don't talk about they only talk about Otani. And it's hilarious. And I'm like, when he doesn't sign, like you guys did this with Mike Trout. Like you at all, you you had been ready for Mike Trout to be in a, a Yankee, and it never happened. And I fear no, I don't fear. I'm happy about it. I don't think it I think Otani's gonna be the same way. He loves Newport Beach. Well, and they're talking about Aaron Rodgers in New York, right? I mean, what are your thoughts on Aaron Rodgers leaving the division or hasn't yet, but potentially leaving the division and to go to New York to play in that media market? I can't wait. I, I, you know what? He's been a little insulated, protected in green Bay. Like nobody really challenges him on anything. And so if he has to go and play in New York, I could see a number of meltdowns happening. I can see a lot of things going poorly for him, which is exactly what I want to have happen. Not like pers- like not in a personal situation, but as a football player, like I would love to see him experience more f- 
failure like he did last season. Like watching that Lions game, and I will say this, and I hate to give the Lions credit for anything. Outside of the Kansas City Chiefs, no team had a better ending of their season than the Detroit Lions. Like it was perfect for them. Like you, like, you won your last game. Your last game was against your arch rival who had made your life miserable for generations, and you humiliated them on Sunday Night Football. That is like I would have taken. I was so jealous. And I never thought I'd say this. I was so jealous of the Lions. Like, oh, what a perfect ending. And they get a top 10 pick because the Rams sucked. This is not good for us. Uh, it, it was my dream that the Bears would be the one to do to Green Bay what yes. uh, the Lions got to do. So congratulations to Detroit. Uh, sp- speaking of the Lions, can and I want to get your reaction to uh, Dan Campbell and his comments on, on Jalen Carter, if we can play this, Joey. Because uh, I thought it was interesting, and, and certainly in comparison to Matt Eberflus, who, God bless the Flus, but he won't tell you where he's going to dinner. And then here comes here comes Dan Campbell, and uh, here were his thoughts on, on Jalen Carter, who the Lions, you know, are considering at six, eighteen, and who knows where they if they draft this guy. Let's 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 listen to the coach. A, can you define that? And then B, there's a lot of questions about you. Not necessarily specifically. And when you're dealing with, with some of those guys that have some of the personal questions, what's the, the non negotiable for you? What do you need to hear from them to be comfortable? Is it the honesty? Is it you know, the football first part? What, yeah, no, I, I think honesty helps. You know, I think you want to know. I think ultimately you want to know. It's one thing, like, for example, you know, um, does a player give all that he has on the tape? Yeah. You know, is he a. Uh, is there a player? He's not a lazy player. All right. Now, there are plenty of times you'll turn the tape on and the guy's not going to snap the whistle, but it doesn't, it does not deal with laziness. It, they haven't been to- coached to do it. Um, they haven't had a coach that's been on them, or it's just, or they just don't know. They're just unaware. And you get away with some things that ordinarily you wouldn't. And that's really, they just don't know. And so, I think that's what you're trying to figure out. And you go through the character when you start talking about uh, and the position coach, you start talking to the head coach, you start talking to uh, the resources at the school. And, and then you begin to develop, Hey man, this is what this guy's really like. Um, like you talk about Carter. I mean, uh, we talked to a, a teammate of his the other day and uh, man, he told us some things we didn't, we didn't know that nobody probably would have known. It was like, Oh, it's interesting. Pretty good. So it's interesting. Okay, so there's a lot there, and at the end is is especially the interesting part. Interesting, and then he says pretty good. So it sounds to me like, and it's interesting. Another interesting part is, was he not coached to do that? You tell me that Kirby Smart at Georgia's not telling him to play hard all the time. I mean, that's you're you're kind of creating excuses for the dude. But I don't know. I just appreciate the transparency on one side, and I like want that guy to be the coach of the Bears on another side. And and I'm and I'm wondering, like, you know, does that sound to you like Jalen Carter might is going to end up in Detroit if it was up to Dan Campbell? I think it's very uh, honestly what the the most telling part of that was is now obviously he got some intelligence from uh, one of his teammates at Georgia. If the Lions pass on him. That raises a red flag to me because the Lions are in the perfect position to take Jalen Carter. Them and Seattle, both mm-hmm. teams are holding lottery tickets with first-round picks that they weren't expecting that now have landed in the top 10 for the Seahawks, a top-five pick. Those are two coaches and two organizations that would foster a player like Jalen Carter. Think about Pete Carroll and his history going all the way back to USC. 
Think about the way that Dan Campbell can hold that can holds his business, the way he has built a culture in Detroit. I honestly believe that this is the funniest thing about the Bears is like, if these two teams are passing on him, then why would you take them? Like these are the two mm-hmm. ideal situations, perfectly objectively. The two organizations that I would look at, Pete Carroll, Dan Campbell, they've handled players that have had some questions coming into the league. And if both of those coaches who have needs at that position with a generational talent, if both of them had decided that with their lottery pick, their free money, these are gift cards. These draft picks for them are gift cards that they weren't expecting. If they're not taking Jalen Carter, I'm not sure that I want to get into that business either. Like that is, I kind of like it. And I, 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 again, I trust Ryan Poles to do his thing. And if the bears ended up picking him, I'd be like, okay, like I, I'll trust you. You know more than me. But at the same time, it would be a concern for me that both of those teams passed up on him. For sure. Adam, real quick, just think sticking with the, the NFC North Detroit lions. How are you kind of viewing this, this division right now? Obviously if, Aaron Rodgers out of the equation. I don't know where Minnesota is going to be completely at at this point right now, but it seems like Detroit's the front runner and we'll see what Justin Fields can do in year three. But how are you kind of viewing the division and going into this 2023 season? It is a a really interesting thing because the Packers, I don't think are going to be very good. The Minnesota Vikings, they're going to regress. They have to, you're not going to win 12, one score games again. You're going to regress back to the mean. I think that means at least six fewer, fewer wins for you. And it comes down and it comes, well, just a, a 50, that's 50, 50. Like you're yeah. not winning all those games again. You're not going to sure. live that way. It's no impossible. Fight. It's mathematically impossible. So I look at the lions and I look at the bears and it's very interesting of like, which side would you want to be on now? Currently the lions are further than the bears, but what the bears have is their franchise quarterback. Would you rather be in the situation where you're the Chicago bears and you have draft capital over the next three years but you have your quarterback of the future, or would you rather be the better team right now, but you have Jared Goff? And this is no disrespect to Jared Goff, who played very well at the end of last season. Personally, objectively, I'd rather be in the bear spot. I think that when you have your quarterback, it is a much different way of living. We have not experienced this in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. We've ne- we don't know what it's like. To go in, like, just to be in an offseason where you're like, yeah, at least we don't need to worry about the quarterback. I know we had that a little bit with Jay Cutler, but this is a different feeling, and this is sort of brand new for us, and it's in, it's refreshing. So I'd rather be in the Bears spot, even if the Lions are better than us at this point in time. Yeah, and, and as far as this year is concerned when you're looking at it, like, the Bears are kind of playing with house money because they don't have as the expectations the Bears or the Lions are going to yeah. have this season. So there's a pressure factor because every time the Bears – are hyped up like they were in 2019. They fall on their face seemingly most of my lifetime. So pressure yeah. is certainly an aspect of it where the Bears aren't going to have as much pressure to be like a 10-win team. They could surprise maybe that way. Who knows? But the one question I wanted to ask you, you're a, you're the fantasy football expert on NFL Network. You, you're not just an expert. You're one of the most entertaining guys on that entire network. You do a fantastic job. And I need you to help me out because – I finished last place in my fantasy football league last year, and I had been two out of the last three years prior to that, the champ. And now I'm like, it's hard for me to focus because we're doing this all day. We're watching the Bears in studio. I can't pay attention to the league. It is excuses. excuses. So I need your help, Adam. And (laughs) when I'm looking at the Bears 
and Justin Fields, who was QB one ranked for like six weeks in a row. Right. Who would have ever, as a Bears fan, to see my quarterback at the top of the fantasy football rankings for quarterbacks week to week was mind blowing. And now you've got DJ Moore. You've got uh, so a, a wide receiver room that is respectable at the very least, if not solid. And then Khalil Herbert enters the fold as potential RB1 with... Da- well, hold on. Dante Foreman. Dante Foreman. He had five 100-yard games last year. How yeah. many did the Bears have as a team? How many did they have without their quarterback having three of them? <laughs> I love I love Foreman. I thought, like, I was bummed out that David Montgomery was leaving. But when you're like, oh, we're getting Dante Foreman, you're like, you know, that's that's a pretty good player. I'm not going to be upset about that. So I look at it fantasy-wise. I think the biggest thing, and I always kind of now buck conventional wisdom of getting an elite quarterback because you know every hipster is like hey you know like wait on a quarterback i I got geno smith in the 10th round you're like yeah but you know for every one of those you end up with some other quarterback who doesn't play as well and for for week to week geno wasn't as good as you think he is so every team that i had last year that made the fantasy championships my quarterbacks were either joe burrow patrick mahomes or josh allen i think that that gives you a a floor that's very safe and every week you're going to be competitive and don't mess around with it and uh and of course Justin Fields should hopefully be in that mix although his running could go down mm-hmm. and he's going to rely more on passing and if you're in a league that rewards you with four points for a passing touchdown Justin Fields could regress fantasy wise which is fine with us if we're out there winning and he's not running the ball as much as he did last season so you're going to see him being taken as a hot target in the early yeah. rounds but you're suggesting potentially, you know, uh, playing wind to the caution or caution to the wind when it comes to that. Yeah, uh, that's interesting. I'm going to take home. Like, what about a guy like DJ Moore? Uh, where, where where would you rank? Like if you're if you're scouting where you're going to take him in fantasy leagues, what round are you looking as as best value? I anticipate him getting a ridiculous amount of targets. And one of the big reasons why is that, you know, playing that X, X slot or the X spot, not the slot, but the X spot. When you look at all of Justin Fields highlights last year, there was a lot of broken. There's a lot of broken coverages or not a uh, broken protection. And he worms out of it and then runs down the field. We might see less of that and more of him being like, oh, there's DJ Moore wide open. And I know Justin's not left handed, but bear with me. <laughs> I feel like we're going to do a lot of that. And there's going to be a big trust of like, I know DJ is going to be open. I don't think that he had that trust with a lot of the receivers last year. Like he was like Dante Pettis seems open, but nah, you know, there was a couple times he tried it and it worked out, but for the most part, he trusted himself more than he trusted his receivers. But I think that DJ Moore comes in with, with, with a, a respect in the league and he's going to be able to throw him. Uh, a lot more opportunities, a lot more 50-50 balls. And so I see it switching that way, which means less rushing, which will be a problem for us fantasy-wise. But for Bears fans, we'll be delighted. And who cares how we're moving the football? We actually started to see it at the end of last year. If you look at the Eagles game and you look at some of the highlights, like when you look at the way, because like David Montgomery was like his safety valve in that game. That's where I see, you know, that's where I see DJ Moore making a huge impact. I want to do a rewind back here just for a second. I meant to do this at the start. Don't, no worries. Don't get nervous, Adam. But I, I like a little bit of anatomy of an Adam rank. Like my my Bears history, I had uh, 
Dad went and played uh, football in high school and college. Marshall High School, Western Illinois, was a leatherneck before World War II. Go Fred Carmen. There's a high, there's a headline out there in some Chicago newspaper. Carmen runs 101 yards to beat Harrison. You don't have that in the Braggs family. We'll talk about that later, Braggs. Uh, so we got I got that going on. And then I got two older brothers who, like my entire upbringing, I'm going to be 50 in, in, in August. My, and they're, they're 20 years and 15 years older than me. All I heard every day was the greatness of Gale Sayers. Gale Sayers, Gale Sayers, Gale Sayers, Gale Sayers. He was like the Jordan in the household. And mm-hmm. then my first Bears game was at Soldier Field was, was uh, Bears-Bucks game one, Super Bowl year 1985. You got like the fandom all over you. Like, how did it come to be? Yeah, you know what? My, my dad was a World War II veteran. So he was born in Sterling, Illinois in the 20s, 1920s. Uh, it'd be weird to be in the 2020s. Um, so he grew up a Chicago Bears fan. And as a matter of fact, he used to tell me stories about going to Comiskey Park because you couldn't get into Wrigley Field to go see Bears games. So they had to go to Comiskey Park. And he's like, and, was, and he's like, I'm a, I was an obnoxious Bears fan in the Chicago Cardinals home stadium rooting for them. So he was a big, you know, he's a big Bears fan. Walter Payton was actually his guy. He saw everybody. I mean, when you're born in the 20s, you see everybody. But Walter Payton was undisputedly his guy. And so I was born in Chicago, and we lived there for five years. And then we moved to Southern California. And so I grew up, which is always annoying to people because I root for the Lakers. I root for the Rooting for the Kings was not a happy occasion with my family uh, a number of years ago. The Angels, I actually, my dad ended up, was grew up as a Cubs fan, or both my parents grew up as Cubs fans and all that stuff. My dad switched every team except for the Bears, was the one that he would not, he would not, um, he would not change. He was not about the root for the Rams. So I was sort of like, I kind of like the Rams and I like, well, the Cowboys were always on, out on, on TV out here, too. But my dad was I, – I, my first helmet was a Bears helmet. Bears – like, I have Bears stuff for days. But I was always like, but what about the – and he's, you know, you're, when you're, I get it now as a father because my, my kid, my son, not my daughter, my seven-year-old daughter is an ace. She'll root for whoever I root for. She's like, we're rooting – we're angels, no doubt about it. Arsenal, fine. My son's – my son starts talking about the Dodgers, and I'm like, "What do you? Why, how do you know what Dodgers Stadium looks like? Stop this!" <laughs> and so, um, so I was just kind of like, "Whatever." And um, so then, when obviously there's no football here for twenty some odd years, so I eventually, like, at the behest, like, finally embraced the fan family team. So as a little kid, I was sort of ambivalent. Like I'm into like Super Tech Mobile and stuff like that. But then, you know, eventually, and unfortunately, my, my, both my parents have passed away. So for my father, I have his starter jacket. Christmas of 1985, my mom gave him a starter jacket. Uh, the original old school one, I still have it. The closet's behind me. Uh, it's still hanging there. It's still brought out on special occasions. So for me, at some point, and, you know, working with the NFL, you know, it's like it's not always easy to be a fan of one team. But, like, I really embraced the Bears, um, I, I fulfilled the family wishes, like the prodigal son, the prodigal son of Park Ridge, although I was Schomburg, but whatever. It sound, Park Ridge sounds better. Um, but it, it was really something that I wanted to live into the family tradition. Like, it is something that gives my kids 
a sense of like this family started in well Ireland, but this family started in Chicago. And so this is our this is our connection back to Chicago. And this is going to be something you're rooting for the the teams that your grandfather and your grandmother rooted for. Your grandfather would save up all this money. He lived in a farm on Sterling in Sterling and would get to go to one game a year. And it was at Comiskey Park to go see the Bears and Cardinals. And so I wanted to keep that tradition alive and going. So that's why the Bears mean so much to me and why I really like love being a part of uh of the Chicago Bears space. So um that's my that's my abridged story. And which is and and, with, and this is why it's annoying to a lot of you. Like, why do you root for Otani? Like, okay. <laughs> no, and you do a great job bringing the positivity to Bears Twitter because I know you know it's sorely needed on the mean streets of Bears Twitter at times. So I appreciate your positivity and energy. And I always got to commend you because I think most people that go to a national platform like NFL Network or ESPN, they they tend to just root for everybody, right? And yeah. if your loyalties lie one way or the other, you kind of push that to the side for the betterment of the league and the brand or whatever. And you did it. You've yeah. gone full blown. I'm Bears meatball. You'll pick them to win 12 games on shows. You'll, you go crazy. And, and I think as most Bears, I can speak for most Bears fans, we appreciate that you show that passion on a, on a platform that big. Well, the best part of it too is because um, I had to be like kind of a closeted Bears fan. And then years ago I was on, we had the Dave Damashek football program on the NFL network. And I'm like, Hey, let's do this thing where uh, it's called fan free agency, where I get to pick a team. Cause I would be like, well, we don't have a team in Southern California. Who should I root for? And so then it was all the guys for me to be like, Oh, I'm a bears fan. And like, Oh, okay. And it gives us a backstory uh, and everything. And so like, Oh, well I did, you know, but, um, but because, you know, again, it was just the right thing to do with my family. And now everybody can get off my, well, they, they're not completely on my back. Like this is, I get this stuff sent to me. Like, I don't like, I will get gifts and be like, Oh, is this a, I'm like, this is not a bear's head. There's a bull right there. <laughs> That's not a bear. That is, that is legitimately not a bear, but it looks cool. The colors are cool. So I sort of low key hate it. I don't want to put a Lakers hat back there. Cause it would be too confusing. Cause then I have to do the story all the time. How did you, I'm like, all right. Let's sit down. It's story time with Rank. But <laughs> it's it's it. a great story to tell, Adam. And one last thing for you: you planning on coming back to Chicago anytime soon? I know yeah. we're supposed to have you in the studio yeah, yeah. for one well, of the time, so we we'll have to get that set up. Well, GMFB ruined that. I ended up doing GMFB that week. I actually said mm -hmm. that on the show last night, the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank. I would mention like I would I wanted to go in studio, but that got blown up. But hopefully, you know, I'll be back. I should be back at some point during the summer. I mean, just if for nothing else, I would love, and I'll kick it off here. I think it'd be really cool for everybody who does, who creates Bears content, if we could like get together for a day. And I know personally, I love Roscoe Village. I love the Beat Kitchen. I think if we just set up a Saturday and we set up our own Bears Fan Fest Let's and we were just, we just overtook, we overtook um, like the Beat Kitchen or something. And we just did a, like a marathon stream that could be on everybody's you know, either like CHGO, sick. We got the tape never lies. Like oh, everybody, um, just be a part of it and just have a cool like little blowout and just have a lot of fun. And uh, but I would love to do that at some point. Yeah, great that'd be, idea. Yep. Yeah, that'd be great. And, sure. and the Beat Kitchen's a great spot. My 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 buddy who used to play in Bizarro used to dominate there on the stage. Damn it, they good some good live music at the Beat Kitchen back in the day. 
Uh, all right, Ed, before you go here, and by the way, we had a, a Zoom hangout last night, and everybody was talking about the sick podcast in there, and, and you and, 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 and Carmen, and so you were, you were talking getting... about you're talking about Carmen, and then like, oh, and the idiot that she's with. no, 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 no. no. <laughs> I mean, she did get a bunch of love as as, as she deserves, but you were right there. So uh, you you said JSN. Let's just get it. Let's get a prediction on what you think the Bears will actually do. Braggs is on his uh, Braggs pulpit saying they're going to trade back. He's made that call, and he was right about going down yeah. to nine. He's been puffing out the chest uh, deservedly so on that one. So, what do you think they do at nine? Oh my gosh, um, I love the idea of moving back. I think that's a big possibility. And when you look at how Ryan Poles is building this team, where it's a multi-year situation he even mentioned that this week at the nfl owners meetings that moving down for one of these teams like the buccaneers to move up and getting an additional first round pick to give us three first round picks next year i think that's a realistic possibility but as much as we talk about jsn which would be my choice paris johnson jr pass rusher we're going to end up with christian gonzalez that's wow. my prediction we're going to end up and everybody's going to go crazy but it's going to be a shrewd move, and we're going to have this great secondary. And uh, so my prediction will be Christian Gonzalez. If, if they I do like that, I'll, I'll, I'll support the hell out of it because that means he's taking best player available, and, and, I, and that's the philosophy that ultimately gets teams to the top. And the other way, you end up taking Sam Bowie and not drafting the greatest player of all time, which, of course, Adam knows, even though he lives in L.A., that uh, Jordan is up here, and then there's a, like a space between two and three, and then we can talk about who's number four. But we don't need to do that right now. I just, you know, Bulls-Lakers, so it's on my mind for some reason. And so I think that somebody's coming to town, uh, even though he was <laughs> – never mind. Adam, dude, thank you so much, man. Brax, thanks for setting this up. I, you guys, yeah. uh, we really appreciate it. You want no, it's to a lot of fun. You're the, no, you're, the, you're, the, you're the greatest ring, no, honestly. No, no, the no, the no. energy you bring and, and the support you show to all the different outlets, big or small, on Bears Twitter, it doesn't go unnoticed. And mm -hmm. we all For appreciate sure. it a lot. So I ain't blowing smoke. I really appreciate it. Well, you're too kind. Thank you so much. I, I love the job that you guys have been doing. It's a lot of fun to be a part of this Bears fandom. And uh, let's keep up the momentum. And, I, and here's the thing, too. We've walked through all the bad times, and I know we're going to have a lot of hangers on. Don't be upset at those people. That's okay. It's just more meaningful for us, and it's going to be a lot of fun over the next couple of years, so enjoy it. And uh, I'll see you guys real soon. I know we'll do this in person at some point. So uh, thanks again for having me. All right, Adam. Our, our pleasure, 1,000%. There he goes, Adam Rank. Good job, Braggs. Good to have good to have that gentleman on the program. He's he's freaking awesome. Uh, and we got a big guest coming up here. MMA Pearl Gonzalez in a second. But Nick, first things first, I got to run out. So you're going to tell us uh, a couple of things if you can do that. Can you handle that, my, my yeah, brother? Yeah, I, I can going? handle that, Mark. You run out, uh, but I'm not just just relax. I'll be right back. <laughs> the CHO Bears offseason, guys. The coverage is brought to you by Comed Energy Efficiency Program. You can learn more about comed.com/poweringbiz in the Comed Energy Efficiency Program is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities we serve manage energy usage and lower energy bills now and into the future. ComEd offers a wide array of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across our territory. And customers can inquire about how to upgrade outdated lighting to energy and money-saving efficient LED lights, learn more about network lighting to operate your lights through your mobile device, 
I've done that before. It's such a convenience and, you know, you should definitely learn about it here too. And you can also track your facility's energy usage and more. Incentives have recently increased for indoor outdoor lighting and network lighting controls, making these projects even more cost effective than before. And here's what you got to do. Visit comed.com slash powering biz. Now to start saving money and energy to start a project, contact us at one 855 433-2700 for more information. You can email businessee at comed.com or public sector ee at comed.com. And now, Mark, you do you have the next one? I don't even know what the next ad read is. I I absolutely positively have it. And Braggs, I want to know what you're smiling at before. Well, because everyone was, you know, there were some people that the easy prediction is that you went to the bathroom, but some of us heard in the chat, and I heard it as well, you were flipping your laundry. We heard the buttons <laughs> beeping, and so that observation was funny. We also noticed you're wearing the, the, the Bulls shorts, so there's a lot going on over at the Cram residence. We're watching you over here. <laughs> So let, let me tell you something. First of all, first of all, you should give love for my Bulls pants, Bulls shorts, because again, uh, Bulls Lakers tonight. Nothing, nothing, nothing. You know, gets me going more than that. And uh, I, I have no idea what you're talking about about bathrooms and or or my laundry. That's just that's just ridiculous. Um, <laughs> hey, you know what you should do to not is not watch me. You should be watching Fubo TV. 140 live channels of sports shows, movies, and news. You can stream it live on your TV from any device. Uh, watch the most Chicago sports for the lowest price. The, Fubo is freaking awesome. I'm telling you. You you will not get a better Fubo TV gives you phenomenal value. Start watching immediately. Check it out. Seven day free trial. So you know there's no contract, no cable, no hassle. You sign up. You start watching. You do your seven day free trial. You see how awesome Fubo TV is, and then you know you make your call. Thousand hours of cloud DVR included at no extra charge. You can watch local teams while traveling. Uh, Listen, you also have the, the college hockey. You've got the NCAA tournament, obviously, going on. You can watch any game. You know, let's, let's, go, let's go Chicago Bulls tonight on Marquee, or not on Marquee, but on NBC Sports Chicago. It's in there with Fubo TV. So watch the Bulls and the Lakers on NBC Sports Chicago tonight. Uh, use the link in the description to sign up 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro. 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro, Fubo TV. I'm a longtime viewer, so uh, get on in there. All right, let's, uh, let us bring in one of the superstars of the MMA UFC fighting world who's getting ready for a huge bout on Saturday night. Pearl Gonzalez is also a big-time Chicago Bears fan, and she joins us now on CHGO Bears. Pearl, thank you so much for making time for us. We appreciate it. What's up, gentlemen? Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Pearl, before we get to the Bears, you don't look like someone who's ready for a fight on, on Saturday night. You look like you're more going to go out on Saturday night. You, you, uh, this is How did you get the, the mentality to be able to do this thing? And by the way, t tell us about who you're taking on on Saturday. Yes, absolutely. So I'm fighting for Game Bread Boxing 4, uh, which is Jorge Masvidal's new boxing promotions. And um, it's a huge card. We've got uh, Roy Jones Jr. Anthony Pettis is the main event. Pretty, pretty amazing uh, main event. We've got uh, Jacare Souza versus Vitor Belfort, who are some MMA legends. 
And then we have Jose Aldo versus Jeremy Stevens, which ha it has fireworks like written all over it. I mean, both of them have fought before. Jeremy comes to knock people out. Jose Aldo is one of the greatest strikers of all time. So it's a it's a banger, that one. And right before all that, that fun action goes, um, I come on and I'm fighting against Gina Mazzani. Uh, Gina is a uh, former UFC fighter as well. She's actually fought for two divisions for the UFC at 135 and 125. So it's it's an, it's a great matchup for me. I'm very, very excited to go out there and try to knock her ass out. I hope I can swear. Sorry. You absolutely can. And, you know, you mentioned Masvidal. He, Braggs, you should get into this because he, he fought Nate, Nate Diaz for the baddest motherfucker belt, and he won that thing. He knocked, <laughs> he, he knocked him out in, like, three seconds. So, uh, I mean... These are some you 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 could have been in there, Braggs. Like uh, he's a there. I'm a lover, not a fighter, pro. But Braggs over there, he's more of the fighting type. <laughs> I can't. Say, I'm not stepping in the ring with any of these dudes, and I'm not stepping in the ring with you either, Pearl. I, I I know my place here. All right. So all respect to you. So you know, we Mark told me you're a huge Bears fan. Like you know, you grew up around here. I take it. So you know, maybe tell your story a little bit about your passion for this team. Oh my goodness. So obviously born and raised in Chicago. I absolutely love and support everything sports Chicago. I've always been a tomboy. I've always been into sports. And so, um, you know, I grew up watching football. My, my family are diehard, diehard bears fans. So we'd watch, that was something that we did. My uncle actually, um, has a condo right, right by the soldier field. So we got to like watch the game, see all the fun shindigs that were going on. I mean, it was like a real, five minute walk to go to the to the field and watch and see the pre-gaming and stuff and tailgating so i i have really fond memories of of sundays being fun here in chicago i miss it i'm, I'm in california now i live in san diego that's where i train full time and uh it, the the football teams you know are just in other cities are not like ours no the vibe so, is definitely different in hey. chicago well we do tailgates you know uh before every home game so maybe one if the if the stars align, the schedules line up, maybe we'll have you come by our tailgate if you're ever in, in town for one. And, and we were supposed to have Pearl in studio today too, but since we're there's a little construction issue, although Nick is sitting there right now, which is uh, <laughs> you so. could have sat with Nick because Nick didn't know. I had my boxing to gloves too. I wanted to get some uh, some advice and just some some things, but go ahead, Mark. Oh, no, man. I well. I would have loved to. Yeah, well, and I just want to follow up on the uncle in the South Loop because that's where I live. And, like, you know, I, and right across the street from me is this thing called Soldier Field. And, and I don't know how you feel about this, Pearl, but, I, you know, I'm sitting here like, Bears in Chicago, baby. Let's let's fight this to the death and not go out to Arlington Heights. I, I don't know how you, you're feeling about it, your uncle, all that. I don't understand. Like, who wants to go to Arlington Heights? It's like, <laughs> you know, like the people that say they're from Chicago, but they're really from Arlington Heights? That kind of, like, gives me that vibe. And... Chicago is such a gorgeous city. It's such a beautiful place. Like you, to me, you have to have the team in Chicago. You know, it brings in tourists. It brings in people into these small businesses, and and gets gets that Chicago spirit out to the rest of the world. So I, I agree. I think it should stay in Soldier Field or stay in Chicago. At least build build a new stadium in Chicago if you need a new stadium. Bullseye Insight, by the way, we're, uh, you're, you're, I, I love everything that's coming out of your mouth right now, Pearl. That, those are beautiful words. I hope people are listening. Uh, hey, it says Showtime Pettis is a beast. That's a loaded car with some veteran names. Maybe you can show Showtime some love. Yes, he's huge. I mean, he's a he's a Milwaukee. Um, he's from Milwaukee, so he's 
very close to home. He's got a, actually a several businesses out there. He's very involved, has a gym, does a lot of things with the youth in Milwaukee. And um, I actually had the opportunity a couple weeks ago to go to his gym. He's at Capatio Gym in Las Vegas. And I went out there for a sparring session in Vegas uh, about two weeks ago. So I got to, to be there and, and see him while he was in and out. He was on his way to go spar Caleb Plant. That's who he was using to get ready for, for his fight with Roy. And man, he's in incredible shape right now. Um, that morning I came in, he had just ran like 12 or 15 miles um, and then was on his way to spar. I mean, he's taking this very seriously. He wants to show out. He has an opportunity. Roy is one of the boxing goats. And so I think that this is a huge statement that he can put on for his boxing debut. Pearl, I mean, 12 to 15 miles, that sounds insane. But I, I just started getting into kickboxing. What, what's some advice for someone who's just starting to get into it that you would give to a, a beginner like myself? Like, I'm just learning all the some of the basic, basic combos and things like that. Any advice you can give? Yeah, there's several. Uh, one thing is stick to your basics. I train basics every single day. You can never go wrong, just like with any sport, your balance, your structure. Those are key to developing power. And that's that's the key, right, is to learn how to strike with power, learn how to strike with accuracy. And so I would say always stick to your basics. Never pull away from those. Have as much fun as you can. And and shadow box, shadow, look in the mirror and watch yourself. That is my biggest tool to my technique and to my form is watching myself and making sure that structure, that balance, I'm turning my hand over, I'm bringing it back to my face, I'm twerking my hips. You know, and all those little movements, those little fundamentals that are vital to really learning how to land good strikes. For sure. So, and real quickly, Pearl, how long does it take to prepare for a fight? Like for the one you're going to have this weekend, when did you start and how does that process even work for you? You know, I kind of stay in the gym all year round. I try not to leave fight camp. I try not to stay away from the gym. Obviously, life happens. Situations happen where I, where I have to pull away from training. Um, but I try not to stay too far away. And so uh, I really don't I try to stay ready rather than get ready. But typically you have a you have a fight camp for about eight to six, anywhere from six to 10 weeks, depending on the how big the fight is. I think for boxing, it's a little different. Um, It's not as intricate as an MMA fight. You're not grappling. You're not wrestling. You're not putting these pieces together. Um, And so I think boxing, a typical camp is about six weeks long. So, no, go ahead, Brex. You know, when you talk about technique, I'm curious if any any athletes from the city or you know where you're at from outside of your sport come to train with you guys just to try to pick up different technique that might help them in their sports. Yeah, there's a lot of football players that have been getting into mixed martial arts. One that I kind of I know personally, um, he's a great friend. I mean, we know through through social media is Mercedes Lewis. He's he's with the Packers. One of you guys is friends. Um, but, <laughs> hey, you know, nobody's he, perfect. You know. <laughs> he's <laughs> he's actually been training mixed martial arts for about ten years. Wow. And he's a he's a purple belt in jujitsu. He's done all kinds of striking. I mean, you see, we've seen several fighters come over, even into the UFC, that have made their way over there. Eric Anders was a football player. Greg Hardy, he was a pro football player as well. Um, there is a dude that I actually just commentated on. He fought, he made his debut for for Jorge Masvidal's Icon, which is our mixed martial arts show. Um, his, uh, I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but he plays for the XFL, which is the Rocks, mm-hmm. I think. And so he plays for them. And um, man, he was an incredible athlete. And and he's like, I got to switch right now. I'm focusing on my my football season. I don't train MMA when I'm I'm doing this. I'm all in on my season. But as soon as this is over, this is what I come back to. And so I think more and more, especially today, the sport has evolved so much. 
10, 20 years ago, the sport had martial artists, right? You had your like Kung Fu guy, your karate guy, your wrestler, your jujitsu guy. And, and you had each of those in the, their specialty competing against each other in mixed martial arts. Today, these are real athletes. These are athletes that have been training their entire life. And so with that, you have a lot of these athletes making the crossover. And when you have these skills, these natural talents or these talents that have been built up, the, the strength, like I said, the conditioning, the uh, posture, the understanding and awareness of your center of gravity, and, and you understand how to move your body, just like a football player, yep. uh, you can really translate, you can transfer into something, transition into something like MMA pretty easily. I actually think that the football tackle is is much more similar to uh, MMA uh, takedowns than wrestling. Now, wrestling, yes, you need all the skills in wrestling for MMA to take people down to work against the fence, etc. But when you actually take someone down in MMA, you're moving, they're moving, they're striking much like a football tackle. You're never really stationary right in front of each other like a traditional wrestler. And so I've always thought of that as well as the footwork. I mean, your footwork in, in football translates so well into boxing and kickboxing and striking. Braggs, you want to play your video, uh, play your video of your offensive line nonsense and see what, <laughs> see what... this, uh, this, <laughs> this draft uh, guy that's coming out for Ohio state and offensive lineman. He did this uh, little skill drill at pro day where he he's backing up and staying in his stance and he's making these loud noises and then runs through it after he's done. So I reenacted it and oh it looked gosh. it looked ridiculous as you you <laughs> might you know assume, but it was funny. We had some fun with it. So yeah, I am I'm not I'm not I'm working on it. You know I'm gonna get in shape and then maybe because me and Carm have developed somewhat of a rivalry here. Maybe you can help get me and Carmen the ring one day. We'll get the headgear on and everything. And you Easy. can be the, the, the official or the rep and, yeah. and we'll, we'll go to work. No, no, we won't. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's so much fun. It really is. If you ever punch someone, you ever punch the shit out of someone. <laughs> and sometimes getting hit actually feels pretty good too. It sounds kind of crazy, but like you really do let off so much energy and steam in, in sparring and in, in punching the bag and stuff. So well, I think well, it's, Idea. Well, if me and Carm do it, it'd be a lot like when Michael Scott yeah, and it, Dwight Shrew it, uh, it, squared it, off in the office. I mean, it'd be some, <laughs> it, it, it would be some that would turn into some life or death stuff, which is a little terrifying. But maybe we'll have to do that. How did you get into it back in the day, Pearl? I, I, I know you're my my new best friend today, so I know a little bit of your background. That uh, your dad kind of got you going that way. I, I think you were aggressive as a kid. Oh my goodness, I was always fighting in the streets. I, I was always fighting, and so. Uh, he needed something for me. My dad actually raised me as a single father and uh, he was just trying to figure it out. Poor guy. He was, he was really didn't know what to do with a daughter, but um, he was trying to figure it out. I moved with him at nine years old and um, that was when he kind of took over and, and raised me from then on, but he needed something for me and I was always fighting in the streets. He worked at Firestone. He was a hard worker working 60 to 80 hours a week. And uh, I had a lot of free time on my hands, so he needed something for me, not only to discipline me, to teach me, to teach me, you know, discipline and stuff, but he needed a, a place for me to kind of go after school. And uh, I was a tomboy. Uh, we, we, I remember in my earliest days, like he would take me to the YMCA. That was kind of what we did together. And I played, I, I played, um, I would play basketball with him. I'd play, you know, I'd lift weights with him. I was always just doing active sports. I used to play um, this game, this football game called Pickle. And I somehow got the nickname as a kid, Pickle. 
because I like love this game. We were you throw the ball back and forth and you had to run and yeah. I don't it was it was the best game ever. But my nickname actually was Pickle. So I was like always into sports and uh, he found a gym for me. And I just remember sitting there looking at the coach, uh, Master Bob Shermer, and he's like, oh, I'm going to whip her ass into shape. I'll have her doing sit ups. And I'm like, who is this guy? Who does this guy think he is? A couple weeks later, I was doing hundreds and hundreds of push ups. And I learned really fast that he was right. That's awesome. And- you're going to like this the answer to this question, Braggs. I got a little inside information. But back then when you were doing all that, who was your favorite Bears player? Oh, my goodness. Well, that was that was actually not when my that was my favorite uh, player. Oh, oh. A little bit later on, though, this is like the time when my uncle had his condo. We were watching the game. That was kind of our Sunday thing to do here. But Devin Hester, man, Devin Hester, was the, he's the GOAT. He's like the GOAT. Let's so, go. And I just remember oh, how excited we were for him. And I had his jersey, you know, I remember the mm-hmm. city was so excited for him. We did really well while he was playing with us. You know, we almost, almost made it. Um, but <laughs> he was my favorite. He's my favorite. Yeah, I mean, for our generation, I didn't, I was two months old when the Bears won the Super Bowl. So for a lot of us, that moment, even though they lost when Devin has to return the opening kickoff, and I think all Bears fans can appreciate, that was like, if you just want to take a single moment and not the game itself, that was one of the greatest moments in mm-hmm. NFL history. When they tell the story of the National Football League, it's gonna the the highlight montage will have Devin Hester returning that kick in it. So an epic moment there. Um, yeah. So it it's it's really interesting because uh, you know with this with your your background and how you came up in fighting, you know I. Certainly was a scrapper growing up. I was in a lot of fights. I won some and I lost some. And, you know, even I work construction and you'll see guys duke it out on the construction side. I mean, you just do. It's the nature of the business. And we go back to work the next day and that's just how it is. So I'm curious from your perspective, uh, you know, everybody talks about when they win a fight, but losing a fight, you know, whether growing up or in the ring, how important was that for you? to like mold who you are today. Oh my God. It's such a huge part of my character development, right? Is, is, is one accepting failure, but overcoming failure, picking yourself back up. And in my sport, you know, you have some of the best and greatest moments in your life. You're in this crowd and you have this big victorious moment and et cetera, et cetera. But then you have one of the most heartbreaking, you can have some of the most heartbreaking moments where like, you just got your ass beat and like the whole world is just coming down on you and they're making fun of you and there's memes and you, it's it's so hard because it it doesn't it doesn't show what it took to get in there right yes i fought and i had a shitty performance for this 15 minutes or so but you didn't know you didn't see what it took for me to get to this point mm-hmm. in, in the hours of work that were put in prior to. And so for me, I think at first it was detrimental when I would lose. It would it was heartbreaking. I'd never wanted to do it again. I was so embarrassed. And then it got to the point where it was I cannot allow for this bad moment, this bad performance, because that's what it is to uh, go past all of the progress. There was still so much progress made in the fight camp, so much progress made as an athlete. And so you have to, like, you know, Kobe would talk about that. You have to have amnesia. And the same thing with the fight game. You have to have amnesia. Anybody, especially when it comes to mixed martial arts, anybody on any given night can win. You know, we just saw that. We just saw this with with the champions. Look how many champions were turned over this year. Uh, Valentina Shevchenko just lost her belt. She threw a spinning back kick, and no one knew that Alexa Grasso was going to jump on her back and choke her out like she did. She's one of the greatest 
female combat athletes of all time. She will go down right now as the very best. And it's something so small, a spinning back kick that just, just took her reign. And so that you can't take away from all of the progress and the things in the history that she's made. One bad performance does not define your character, does not define your progress, does not define who you are. And I think for me, that was such a huge part of my character development because we want everything now, right? We want to be a world yeah. champion today. We, we want this now. And you are not ready sometimes to accept that you failed, that you were not good enough tonight. And so it, it teaches discipline. It teaches perseverance. It teaches overcoming, but it also teaches, teaches patience, right? Patience mm -hmm. and becoming, space and becoming. Um, and I think that for me, I have learned so much more uh, in my athletic career and as a, as, as in my character from losses than I would ever from any win. Yeah, I'm sure it's hard yeah. with social media. I didn't I didn't have to go to social media when Big Red whooped my ass in fifth grade. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Saturday night, Pfizer yes. Forum. Uh, I'm not sure what order you're going to be out there, but uh, you'll you'll be there if you if you're not going up. Uh, you can watch it on uh, UFC Fight uh, Fight Pass pay per view. It's forty nine ninety nine. Roy Jones, Anthony Pettis, everybody we're mentioning, but of course Pearl Gonzalez, it, Gina Mazzani. Am I pro pronouncing that right, Pearl? Yeah, Gina Mazzani. And actually, I have a funny story about losing. So it's really, really quick, guys. I know you guys got to go, but um, so I had I had this big professional jujitsu fight right before I moved into boxing and transitioned over to bare knuckle boxing is what I had went into, but. Um, I had this big, huge uh, match in professional jujitsu, and I lost. And I was devastated, right? And I call my best friend, who's, who is the promoter for Game Bread. He's the matchmaker. Dean Tool is his name. And I call him, and I'm just like, I just want to crawl in a hole, and I'm crying my eyes out. It's New Year's Eve, mind you, and we're home. And he was like, do something fun. He's like, I don't know. You got to turn it around. All of the media right now is on her. Take her hype. And he was like, he sends me a picture of this dude head to toe covered in fruit roll-ups and i was like <laughs> got it so i i made a bikini out of fruit roll-ups and did this badass at-home photo shoot and it hit it, hit, it i mean it, it got like twenty-seven thousand likes it went it was all over media <laughs> it was fucking awesome so i took that loss and i turned it into something positive and funny and utilized that momentum and just a little bit more insight be on the lookout for my press conference which is tomorrow because fruit loop Fruit roll-ups might be. Uh oh, making. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Real quickly, awesome. Pearl, before before we have you go, I just want to know what's it like being in in the octagon? Octagon, like what what is that like? Like for people who will never be there or have experienced that, what is that like when everyone's fixated on you? The lights are on you. You're about to go fight. What it, can can you compare it to anything? Yeah. But what is that like? It is the scariest yet most sacred place in the world in, in my life that I've ever been. Um, and even in the ring, it's it's different than the octagon um, in the ring in boxing. You have you feel the energy. You can feel the momentum of the shouts and the and the people raving. You can feel it, literally feel it. But then you have the hot lights, the bright lights that are on you. You have usually a camera somewhere in your face. You have the energy from your you, your team, the energy from your opponent and their team, the energy from the crowd. It's just like this huge, crazy, sacred moment, but it feels like a car accident. And you know that moment right before you get into a car accident, you either freeze or you move and you and you, you know, move the car or something, you act. 
that is what you're going through over and over and over again. You have these moments where you're like, what do I do? What do I do? And so you just have to constantly stay on your game, constantly stick to what you're supposed to do. And um, that's my best way. You can hear the crowd. You can hear her corner. You hear your corner. You hear the referee. You hear certain things. You might even see things. Some some athletes see better than they hear sometimes. You can smell. You can smell the blood. You can smell the sweat. You can smell. smell. So, like, all your senses are intact. And then you feel on top of that. So, it's, it's pretty incredible. Wow. That's nuts. <laughs> uh, that was an incredible, like, we. I think we all got at least some level of feeling of the insanity of what you do badass which by Mm -hmm. the way you're uh i don't know how long you're planning on doing this pearl but when you're done uh your ability to talk about it is extreme so maybe someday at good old chgo we'll start the ufc channel i'd like to uh formally not way over my pay grade to do this but i'd like to (laughs) offer you a job as our as our as our official ufc talker who can also speak on bears and i'm sure there's other sports you can do too so uh it was it was super awesome to have you on today great great stuff and and go take Gina down. Is it per- like, I'm knocking do, her ass out. Do you hate her, or is it, or is it just business? Oh. Is it both? This, there, it has absolutely nothing to do with her. I think that she's an incredible athlete. I have so much respect for her. But uh, when she steps inside the ring, it, it now it becomes a, a personal thing, and it's just her and I in that ring on Saturday night. And um, you know, I'm gonna step toe to toe with her. I'm gonna get right in her face. I don't plan on taking one step backwards. I'm gonna get right in her face, and we're gonna find out. Who hits harder, and we're gonna find out who's the last woman standing. Let's period. go. Let's go. Yeah. Hi, <laughs> Pearl. Thanks. Appreciate it. Well, let's do this again, okay? Yes. Have a great one. Thank you. Uh, all right. Our, our absolutely one thousand percent. Our pleasure. Big show today, guys. What a show. Ready to fight? Let's do it. I mean, how <laughs> awesome? How awesome was Pearl? And me and, awesome. me and Carm, Pearl's the ref. <laughs> get everyone there pay you know people already said in the chat they'll pay to come we can raise money for charity we're making an event a CHO event <laughs> um you know you yesterday my honesty was around cram today my honesty is like the chance of me getting in the ring with that dude over let's there let's go cram uh, let's go cram who was who was having fights in 5th grade with spider-man or whoever you did big red big red, you, big, red. <laughs> big red beat me up by the the tennis courts at Win, at windy hill what would you I, do what would you do greg he was a bully you know i i I was bullied at times as a kid by the older kids because you I didn't had, run I mean, away. I had a big mouth, so I would talk crap to mm. the older kids, so they'd they'd come after me. So, um, and uh, then you know, I also I also did my fair share of bullying. I'm not proud of it, but yeah, I mean, we were we were all throwing blows when we were kids back in the day. That's just how you did it. I mean, so yeah, I, but Big Red gave me the the brunt end of a few of a few blows by Windy Hill tennis courts. I'm not I'm a man to admit it, you know. Windy Hill tennis courts makes me, you know, that's Jordan's house was on Windy Hill. Uh, the Bulls are going to beat the Lakers tonight. And congrats to you for taking blows because whenever I said stuff and eventually got myself in a little bit of trouble with people that were bigger than me, I use those legs, baby. I'm going to ski. I'm going to ski daddle. <laughs> we, we, See, and that well, was my buddy Kyle. He was the one that would. Yeah. He was like the Chihuahua. He would bark and then run. Yeah. And then I had to, I had to fight his. I, I, I will. I will own my Chihuahua ness. Uh, all right, that was a fun show. Do we? Uh, I know. Do we, you remember Mark? Because you're a Northwestern guy. Do you remember uh, Ruby, the guy that came in for Northwestern football that uh, 
was like 30 years old and was in the military. Vague, vague, really remember and that. And he came after the military to play for Northwestern. Him and his brother, Reed, uh, God rest his soul, but when we were younger, they were two guys that used to chase me around Lakes of the Four Seasons for my big mouth. So, you know. If you could put some of the pictures of you as a young Braggs out on Twitter today, that'd be lovely. I'd love to. Yes. <laughs> yes, let's do it. I would, I would appreciate seeing that. All right. Hey, thanks to Pearl. Thanks to Adam Rank. And uh, thanks to everybody who watched today who commented. Ton, ton of fun today. Uh, let's see. Today is Wednesday. I think I said this at the start of the show. It's Thursday. So we got opening day tomorrow, but CHGO Bears will be here at noon not a thousand percent certain who's hosting, but we'll be here at noon tomorrow and uh, and at noon on Friday. I'll be on at least one, if not two, of the shows. Uh, and Braggs is going to um, make well, a and then we well, yeah. and then also don't forget to our guys. I mean, we got two meetups tomorrow yeah. for CHGO pregame watch party for the White Sox versus Houston at four p.m. at the Whistle Sports Bar and Grill. On uh, what is this four nine one one West ninety fifth Street? You can go hang out with the CHGO White Sox crew, and then our CHGO Cubs team is going to be live at the Country Club on Clark Street uh, at eleven a.m. before the Cubs take on Milwaukee tomorrow. So go check those guys out as well. We we got big things popping here at CHGO, and I'm excited right. for it all, especially some of the stuff coming down the pike for our Bears. Opening day, baby. Let's go. Let's have a, hopefully we'll have a, fingers crossed, we have a fun baseball season here on both sides of town. All right. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks for watching. Tell somebody about CHGO Bears if you haven't like. already. Hit, hit that, that like. like button. Yes, hit that like button too. And, uh, yeah, we will see you tomorrow.